Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Films with Ferrara podcast. We made it to February. That's an achievement. It really is. I, I didn't think we'd make it this far, honestly. Uh, hey, am I coming in clear? I got a new phone, so I just want to make sure yeah, everything yeah, works you, great. Connection is phenomenal. Great. Perfect. Sound quality is, is right there. And as always, joining me again, our senior editor and the co-host, Mr. TJ Blankenship. Hello, Internet. Uh, so we've got uh, no Dalton today. He's, he's busy again. But we have a fantastic show and, and a wide-ranging show this week. We've got some movie news. We're going to talk about some, some Super Bowl commercials. We, we've got some Grammys discussion because I, I got really angry on Sunday night about the Grammys, and we're going we're gonna to roll through it again. That's right. We're talking music on the movie podcast. And, and sports. And even though it's a movie podcast, it must be done because I, I need to make sure this gets out there. We're doing Super Bowl prop bets, and boy, I've got some good prop bets, including my personal favorites, the cross-sports ones. So just a, a particular preview of one uh, for Sunday that we're going to cover later. Uh, will Tom Brady have more completions than Kevin Durant points on Sunday? That's, that's, that's a little preview right there. <laughs> but first, before we get into everything, I think I've got a confession I've got to make. I've caught the HQ trivia bug. I don't know what that is. Oh, oh, wow, you're... Get your home ready to take on the colder months... Computer, no! (laughs) (laughs) HQ Trivia, for those of you that haven't played HQ, is is a daily trivia game on your phone. It's 12 questions, they play it twice a day. I I, I gotta tell you, I had a good day yesterday, I made it through five questions in the first game, and like six on the second game yesterday before my phone screwed me over. But it was, I've officially caught the HQ bug. It's, it's bad, kids. I'm going to download it right now. Yeah, so they play it three and nine on a daily basis, and you can actually win money. It's wonderful. You can actually win money? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Cash. And they took out the $20 minimum to cash out now, so that's outstanding. That's pretty great. Makes me very happy. So... <laughs> But that's that's my big confession for the week. HQ on. Also, must also confess once again, I did not get a chance to watch Versace last night, so there will be no Versace recap on today's podcast. But we're making up for it with Bruno Mars rants and Super Bowl prop bets. So beautiful. I don't know what else you want, honestly. Perfect. We're gonna close with the prop bets and and picks because it's it's too important. Um, also. Uh, mini announcement, it's not set in stone yet, but I think we're going to launch a sports show soon. Um, just, it's going to be some people, uh, some of my friends here at UNC and I, we have these arguments all the time. We're just going to record them, I think, now. I'm very excited about it. Cool. So this will be, that should be coming soon. Just watch for updates. We're going we're gonna to have a fun show there. But let's get started right into the movie news, because this was actually... I it was a pretty was, heavy week. I thought it was a slow week, and then I was looking back through the the uh, the news this week, and I didn't realize there was this much. Was a, yeah, there was a lot that came out this week. 
a lot of it within the last like 24 hours too. Most of it was like yesterday, but still. Well, the big story that came out today, uh, F. Gary Gray, who is enjoying a nice little mid-career renaissance here, uh, post straight out of Compton. Uh, He also just recently directed The Fate of the Furious, is in talks to direct the Men in Black reboot over at Sony, which is still getting made apparently. I think they just recently pushed it back. They're fast-tracking it. It's supposed to be out next June now, I believe, in June of 2019. Why are these movies still getting made? These are great questions, TJ, and I can't answer them. Um, Right now, it's currently set for June 14th, 2019. Good to know. Uh, One week after Charlie's Angels, The Secret Life of Pets 2, and Gambit, Supposedly. Hmm. You can go ahead and take Gambit off that list. Yes. The same day as uh, Warner Brothers and Netflix's Shaft reboot, Samuel L. Jackson's coming back for that. So there you go. Fill in the quota. Mm -hmm. And a week before Toy Story 4. So that's uh, not a great release date. But TJ, what are your thoughts on uh, F. Gary Gray coming in to uh, reboot the franchise? I mean, straight out of Compton was good. But can he bring that type of energy and that type of filmmaking to basically a dead franchise? Right. That movie is electric, straight out of Compton. That's what I'm saying. Is it's a really, it's a really, really well made movie. Fierce electric movie. And it's yeah. So well acted. And... That's why. That's why I said energy. That's, a, right. that's the only word I have for it. I love that movie. Yeah, um, oh, I know you did. It's Fate of the Furious, which was his last movie. A- again, there, there's not really much artistically you can do with that. Guess what? I haven't seen a single Fast and Furious movie. Oh, I caught it on HBO a couple of weeks ago. It's, mm. it's something. <laughs> Is that a good something or a bad something? Um, it's a Fast and the Furious something. It's so not a, a well-made okay. movie, but it's got some good car chases. Like, what? It has good effects. Right. Um, they do. He did the big budget stuff well there. Um, the stunts are well made. The story's not well written, but that's not his fault. He didn't write the movie. At least not that I'm aware of. So, uh, obviously there's no cast set up. Uh, that's obviously going to be crucial to this movie. It's just who they cast as their two main men in black. So... Um, I mean, is, is, is he is it a reboot of the franchise or is it like a sequel with like Will Smith? A, and this everything? is a reboot. This is a, a franchise relaunch. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are not coming back. Well, I mean, they could have Will Smith come back and like he's like teaching the new recruits or something. That would be cool. That would be interesting, but that does not appear to be the angle they're taking. Well, then they're wrong. And you're not wrong for thinking they're wrong. <laughs> I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> Um, uh, speaking of Will Smith, there was a story I forgot this week because I can't believe this is still happening, but whatever, as I pull that up. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Sony is trying whatever they can right now. They're still in a better position than another studio we're going to talk about later. I do, we're, as, as long as news comes out about this studio, we have a segment name now. And we also, it was the episode name last week that I came mm-hmm. up with. Um, we are officially launching a Pray for Paramount segment, everyone. 
We're gonna get to them later because oh man, talk about they're making even more mistakes. <laughs> trying to talk about throwing things against the wall and hoping they stick. Um, Sony at least has like a named franchise here. Yeah. Right. That's <sighs> still not saying that much though, because right. Sony's heading down the toilet too. Right. Right. They're not doing great, but it's. You know, I, I get why they're doing Men in Black. It makes sense. It's still a recognizable name. It's still popular. It's still somewhat popular, and it's a movie that can do well. Just if you look at June next year, it's, it's pretty stacked, including with a movie that we're going to talk about in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he can do really good things with this movie. I think he's he's the right director. It's always good to see a, a filmmaker of color get a big budget movie because it doesn't happen nearly often enough mm-hmm. um, yeah we'll see it's really a lot of this movie is going to depend on who he casts as its two leads uh, this is also not the proposed men in black 21 jump street crossover this is a straight up reboot I don't even know how that that crossover is going to work they they canceled it. That's that, so it's not going to work. But uh, that was a thing that was really that was movie was going to happen. They had writers and everything. Yeah, that would have been insane to see Jonah Hill like shooting aliens. Talk about jumping the shark. Wait, right? wasn't but Jonah Hill in that? Wasn't Jonah Hill in that Neighborhood Watch movie with Ben Stiller? Oh, that's right. Well, was that Hold Jonah on. Hill, or am I thinking of someone else? It might be. Hold on. Hold up. Was, I'm looking. I am looking this up. <laughs> that movie was called The Watch, was it not? Yeah, it was. It was The Watch. I forgot about that movie. Ah, oh, Jonah Hill is in it. <laughs> Jonah Hill, Ben Stiller, and Vince Vaughn. He. Sh- I'm telling you, he shot a freaking alien in that movie. Hold up. I am reading through the plot summary Doug right now. Fucking, Doug fucking Jones was the lead alien in that movie. Yes, he was. Sorry, I apologize for the language. It should be a family show. Nah, it, it's okay. Right. I forgot that movie existed, honestly. Mm-hmm. What a world. Um, but yeah. Also, it's Sony. Here we go. Speaking of Will Smith. They're apparently still trying to uh, make bad boys work again. Um, I was one hundred percent certain this movie was dead. I was like, I was like, I had moved on from from bad boys for life, as they're calling it. And suddenly, Deadline drops a piece the other day. They, they've got two directors set up: Adil LRB and Bilal Fala, set to direct the movie. They're looking to start production in August. Um, Moroccan directors, um, they've also, they're, they've been attached to a ton of big movies. Uh, most recently, that's how I knew the names. Um, they were last attached to direct Beverly Hills Cop 4, which was going to be a thing a couple of years ago. And I think Paramount canceled that. They actually made a good decision for once. I've only seen the first one. It's the only one you need to see. Two it was either the first one. Awful. It was either the first one or the second one. I think it was the first one. The only reason I would see Beverly Hills Cop Four, I do want to see Eddie Murphy like make a big comeback. 
Like, what's he even been in recently that hasn't been anything? He did a movie like a, like a drama a couple years ago called Mr. Church, but other than that, like nothing. He's like dropped off the face of the earth. I would love to see him get like a big comeback, like come back, win an Oscar or something. Like that'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't know if I won an Oscar, but be he's great. been nominated. In fact, in fact, he he was a heavy front runner that in the, that award season mm-hmm. for Dreamgirls, and he didn't win that Oscar. Yeah, like he was a heavy front runner, and then lost to I think Alan Arkin for yeah. Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, because he won the Golden Globe that year for supporting actor. Hmm. Uh, let me check the Screen Actors Guild Awards here. And he won the Screen Actors Guild Award. So he was the clear-as-day frontrunner for supporting actor that year and lost. Yeah. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> so that was one of the snubs that happened then. That's a massive snub. When you mm-hmm. win the Globe and the Screen Actors Guild Award, you've got a speech ready to go that night. That's terrible. The Academy did this to, to, to all of us. They made Eddie Murphy go away because they didn't give him his Oscar. Upset. Uh, that's very upsetting news. No you know, it, it is what it is. Whatever. Yeah, but Bad Boys for Life. Does anyone actually want to see this movie? Like, does anyone care? Is this still going to be directed by Michael Bay? No, they, like I said, these are the guys that DLRB and Bilal Fowler are going to direct it. Mm-hmm. We, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are apparently both set to return. All right, then. Because I know, I remember a couple of years ago, Martin Lawrence saying, yo, let's make a Bad Boys 4. And Will Smith was like, yo, let's make a Bad Boys 4. All right, Bad Boys. And then we never heard anything. Right, they had And then all of a sudden they said, hey, we're making this, and this is actually a thing. Joe Carnahan was going to direct the movie. Yeah. Like they had a director and a screenplay. They were getting ready to shoot, and then the movie like just died. So I just thought this movie was just dead. It was never going to happen. Yeah. Here we are. It, it is what it is. A couple of directors later. Mm-hmm. Oh, big news here uh, relating to what we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast with our prop bets. Because this is important for the prop bets later. Rob Gronkowski has been cleared to play on Sunday. So, congrats to the Patriots on that. Yeah. Shout out, Gronk. All right, next up, another story that came out yesterday. We said with F. Gary Gray and with um, these other guys, uh, the Bad Boys directors, uh, it's always great to see people of color getting big-budget movies. But we're get- a woman also scored a big-budget movie, which is also great this week. Uh, Michelle McLaren, who... Many, many years ago was actually set to direct Wonder Woman, and then she left, and Patty Jenkins took the movie, and we all know how that went, Mm -hmm. and the rest is history. She has signed on to direct Cowboy Ninja Viking over at Universal with Chris Pratt attached to Star. I mean, I love Chris Pratt, so I'm in. Yeah, I I mean, this movie sounds wild. It's it's going to be like a satire movie. It has to be. I think you could make that work. Yeah, if if they do, if you do satire right, then it'll be great. Yes, I hope it does well because I do love Chris Pratt as a leading man. I think he 
the transformation into a leading man is, for him is, has been insane. Well, I mean, even in Parks and Rec, he went from supporting in the first season, and then everybody loved him so much that they gave him, like, a major, major role for the right. rest of the show. But even further, like, turning from, like, like the physical transformation even. Yeah, that too. The guy on Parks and Rec, too, he is now in, like, every major He is now Buff Daddy. Right. <laughs> just so, to turn on a podcast. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me? Uh, this is going to be McLaren's feature directorial debut Mm -hmm. Um, she's done a lot of TV Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones Uh, can you you repeat the name? Michelle McLaren oh yeah 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 yeah. a lot of big time TV directing like we said she was signed on to direct Wonder Woman like announced it was done and then she, she left and Patty Jenkins came on and did what she did. Yep. But uh, again, again, I mean, it's a good step. Chris Pratt really led the push for a woman to direct this movie. Um, although there were, there was a man out of the three finalists, but it was a man of color. Uh, the three finalists apparently were Michelle McLaren, Jennifer U. Nelson, who directed Kung Fu Panda 3, which was a surprisingly good movie. And has a big budget sci-fi coming out later in the year with Mandy Moore. Dude, Kung, like all three of the Kung Fu Panda movies are actually really good. Yeah, it's really kind are. of surprising, yeah. honestly. Like I like the first one. The second one's the best, and then like the third one was like one feel was, good. Was like, like what, what the name? That's surprising. To, how franchise is supposed to work? Yeah. Um. And uh, Rick Famuyiwa was also a finalist who directed Dope and was at one point signed on to direct Flashpoint. And now he's not. And now he's not, because everyone leaves that movie in one form or another. Mm-hmm. So they finally have directors. We'll see if they actually keep them this time. But yeah, Cowboy Ninja Viking. Hey, sure, whatever. I'm, I'm excited for her, and I'm excited to give it a shot. Could be an interesting movie. Next up, uh, Sam Raimi is finally, finally lined up his next directorial project. It's been a, I think his last movie was Oz the Great and Powerful. Which was six years ago. If I'm not mistaken. 2011 or 2012, I think. Yeah, like six, seven years ago. Something like that. I'm going, I'm, I'm on his IMDb right now. Director. He's done some TV since then. Like, he did a couple of episodes of a show called Rake. He did uh, the... He, he directed the the uh, pilot for Ash vs. Evil Dead. He did a short film, but he is uh, this will be his first. He's also he's also an executive producer for that for that show. I, I believe Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah, which yeah. is actually it, 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 it. I they put it on Netflix. And I started watching it recently because I love Evil Dead. Right. It's actually really good. It's a good throwback to the original movies. Yes, and it's also it, available on Stars if you have Stars. Yep. Really great show. It really is. I'm kind of surprised. I didn't think it was going to be that great. Yeah. Um, but he has signed on to make his first feature film since 2013, it appears. He's in talks to direct The King Killer Chronicle for Lionsgate, based on the books by Patrick Rothfuss, um, about a young man who grows up to become a notorious magician. Lindsay Beer is writing the screenplay, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is producing this movie. Um, 
Like he's really good friends with the the author of the books, mm-hmm. and uh, got is getting a producer credit here. I, I mean, you're talking about a movie about you know, with magic and a fantasy world, and yeah, this is Sam Raimi. This is exactly what you want him to do. Yes, yes. That's that's all I've really got. This is a, g- a great pick. Yeah, I mean it's. Even as much crap as people give, like, Spider-Man 3. That was not his fault. Movie which, that was not his fault. That movie is directed fantastically for what, it, what they wanted. For what it was. If it, it wasn't for the studio interference. Like, you look at the stuff that he had planned for the fourth one. With uh, John Malkovich as the vulture. With, with John Malkovich as the vulture, and it turns out that Bruce Campbell was Mysterio the entire time. And, like, it's, like, great ideas. And I, like, I wish I saw that project come Dan out. Dan Hathaway was going to play uh, Black Cat. Felicia Hardy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had some interesting things on him. Because as good as Michael Keaton was as a vulture, I would kill to see with Malkovich. I, I would love I to would, see John Malkovich in that role. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you see a couple of weeks ago for the AFC Championship game, he did, like, a, like a tease where he, they're talking about it's the, the Jaguars or Patriots, David versus Goliath, and he's got this big like orchestra behind him as he's hyping it up. It oh was yeah, uh huh. Incredible chills, chill-inducing stuff. Uh, but Malkovich would have crushed the character of the Vulture. He would have been amazing. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I was just quiet. That's fine. I just didn't know if you were still there. No, I was. Yeah, no, I'm still here. I'm just... Um, but yeah, Ramy, Ramy's a really good pick for this. Yeah, I love Ramy, and I'll watch anything he does. So. Yep, I'm with you. This is, you know, at the very least, you know, they've got a cool vision coming. Mm-hmm. They have something interesting planned. So. Yeah. Usually a good sign when you land a director like him. Uh, Definitely. Black Panther. The premiere was Monday night, I believe. I was refreshing Twitter for reactions all night. Reactions are in, and everyone's loving this movie, because of course they are. I still have I still have one issue with the movie. It's the CGI. I, I saw you. It's the, the CGI is awful. I get what you're saying. I just... It's so bad. Uh, again, I'm... I, I, I think I saw one critic really talking about it. In terms of the the, the movie itself, like like I'm sure I, like I'm sure the story is great, the direction's great, the action's great, but CGI. It, I'm willing to look a little bit past it if everything else works, and that um, it, it yeah, seems like that's like what I'm saying. Works. I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing to look past it, but at the same time, like, like we really looked into it on Justice League because everything else was garbage. Fix it, just fix it, and. You're a multi-million dollar movie. You they can do it. They sent it to ILM. You would think ILM of all effects companies would be able to figure that shit out. Uh, maybe it's just the way that it looks on TV and it looks a lot better on screen. Maybe. I don't know. I'm literally looking it up right now and I see a lot of complaints. Like A post from IGN two days ago says it's really bad, that the CGI is really bad. And IGN does actually have a pretty respectable other... film. Yeah, um, like I actually Baby like Man. trust IGN. Yeah, I don't... Well, let me see who it is because I don't know who it is. 
I don't know if this was a community post or it was. It's a community post. It's in a thread. Okay. So that's that. Like, well, like again, we'll see how it is on the screen. I, I'm everything else. Really, what I'm looking for here, actually, and what I thought we were going to get was a more character-oriented movie, and it seems like that's exactly what we're getting. Um, everyone is hey, apparently, guys, a good Marvel villain. Oh my god! Apparently, Killmonger is awesome. I like. I'm sure he is, but the CGI looks like an Android game. Yeah, I agree. I'm telling. I'm, I'm not. Or or wait, no, 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 no. Have you seen Blade yeah. Two? You know that scene in Blade yep. Two, where instead of having Wesley Snipes do the Taekwondo right. that he actually knows because he's a black belt, they CGI it. Do you think they were too busy going? The ILM was so busy on Star Wars and Infinity War that just kind of got pushed to the side. Maybe. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm not, I, but I, everything else technically seems like it was amazing. Production design, costumes. Uh. Like, like I'm on board for everything else. Like, the action, because uh, Denai Guerrero, who's, you know, she, she's in Black Panther. Right. And she's very famous for her role as Michonne on The Walking right. Dead. She, she does all of her stunts for that, and she does all of the weapon work. They released too. a clip from the movie this week where, from the casino scene that we've seen hints of in the trailers. Uh, where she's mm-hmm. fighting. Yeah, the, she, are we talking about the one that the one where she takes on off Good Morning America and throws it at the guy? It was incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great yeah. moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. Like she's great, and like her action scenes are going to be fantastic because she's great. Yes, but you know, I'm just I understand. Just worried about it. I'm. I think honestly, that that's really the least of the worries here for me. Yeah. Oh, I sorry. I was just I saw Twitter and I, I I thought there was like a big NBA trade for a second and there wasn't. So I was. <laughs> I would. They were. They made me very very certain. Kemba. The trending side. I saw Kemba. I was like, oh crap, he get traded. Nah. Although the NBA was not wild yet. This week. Um. Also on Black Panther news, they released the track list for Black Panther the album, which you can stream. Kendrick Lamar did at least. Well, Kendrick Lamar did. Yes. Um, which, considering it's his album, he's allowed to do. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. what I'm saying. Um, the the you can stream it next Friday, the ninth, or if you're gonna wait for the physical copy, like who does that anymore though? Uh, it comes out on the 16th. Slowly raise his hand. Okay. Yeah. I just I I pay for Spotify. <laughs> I love I love it. It's great. Streaming music may. I I I enjoy my Apple Music. Yes. <laughs> streaming streaming music may be like a top twenty invention like of the last like twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Streaming music maybe top ten over the last twenty years. Like it's it's that great. Just streaming in yes. general, but mute but music is not even like it, the way they figured that out. Mm-hmm. But there are some amazing artists on this album: Kendrick Lamar, SZA, Schoolboy Q, Two Chains, Khalid, Sway Lee. Vince Staples, Georgia Smith, Absol, Anderson Pac, J Rock, Future, Zakari, Travis Scott, and The Weeknd. Just a sampling of the artists you can see on this album. You'll be able to hear. And I'm hearing rumors, I've seen some things on Twitter, that the Redemption interlude, because there's no artist on the interlude there on the track list. I'm hearing, uh, maybe hearing some Beyonce and Jay Z rumors, but we'll see. Saw that floating on Twitter the other day. Yeah. 
just days after Jay-Z got royally robbed. But we'll talk about that later. We really got to give the man zero Grammys. What a world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, but that's a great track list. I'm so excited to listen to the album. So, I mean, you're a big Kendrick yeah, fan. I love Kendrick's music. And uh, I, like I said, I got really angry Sunday night for a couple of reasons with the Grammys. And let's go ahead and talk about that. That's a good transition. Do you want to go to Grammys or do you want to finish movies first? Uh, we can do Grammys and go back okay. to movies. We just let's split it up a little All bit. Right, we gonna give. We're just gonna give album of the year to the third or fourth best album nominated. We're, we're really gonna do that. Are <laughs> talking about Ed Sheeran? No, they gave album of the year to Bruno Mars for Twenty Four Karat Magic. That is a stand tune I have to play. It is fun to play, but it's not that great of a song. Not even song of the year. That whole album. Album of the year. Yeah. It won song of the year, record of the year, and album of the year. What is what is this? What, what are we doing here? I like I love that album, but it's at best the third best album nominated there. To be fair, though, I didn't even watch the Grammys. Right. Uh, we we were all we had a big group upstairs watching them in the lounge on Sunday night, and when they said Bruno Mars for album of the year, there was a group. I said we just walked out for a second. We were that angry. Mm-hmm. Not again. Not that it's a bad album. It's the third best nominated there, though. Mm-hmm. Like Kendrick. Kendrick is now uh, 0 for 3 on Album of the Year nominations with three phenomenal albums with Good Kid, Mad City, To Pimp a Butterfly, which is an absolute masterpiece. And now, damn. Jay-Z put out his best album in close to a decade. 444 is incredible, and he walked away with zero Grammys. Zero. Not even in, like, the lower categories. I mean, it is what it is. It, it, exactly. It's the Grammys playing it safe, as they do on an annual basis. Yep. We can't give an award to uh, rap music. No. What, like, like, when Taylor Swift beat Kendrick Lamar for Album of the Year a couple years ago, it, that was for when 1989 beat To Pimp a Butterfly. 1989, we get it, had a ton of hit singles. To Pimp a Butterfly is one of the, is probably the best album in concept and in the quality of the music maybe of this decade like that good yeah he just understood the concept of that album and ran with it he knew exactly what he wanted to do and it lost in my opinion the best album of the year well you know what the best part about the Grammys was I think we can both agree on this Childish Gambino won. Gambino, great performance. Uh, did Fearless, I think the song is called. Redbone. No, he did not He did not perform Redbone. I was sure? very certain he was going to, but I think he performed Redbone last year, so he did a different track this year. Um, Maybe you're right. Let me check on that, what the name of it is. No, I'm pretty sure it was Redbone, or that's what he won the award for. He might have won something for it, but that's not what he performed. Yeah, he won Best... Uh, R&B, traditional R&B performance. There you go. But he performed Terrified. Yeah. And 
I just meant what he wanted. By the way, the kid that's gonna voice young Simba in The Lion King, along with his own adult Simba, and it was that kid was really good. Yeah. I'm officially ready for. I just can't wait to be king. Yeah. Um. Donald Glover just showing he remains the most talented person on earth, maybe. And uh, he's dropping new music later in the year. Big year for Donald Glover coming up. Atlanta season this two is like on probably his biggest yep, year. Atlanta season two on March first. We are one hundred percent gonna. I might just have to do an addition uh, to the show each week with an Atlanta recap. Uh, that we're gonna maybe I'll record it with a couple of friends because we're gonna watch it in the lounge. We're gonna do a weekly Atlanta recap. I'm very excited about it. And we're going to do, then he's got Han Solo coming out in May. Apparently, uh, we're going to launch the marketing campaign for that this weekend. It will but, happen on Sunday, uh, I guarantee you. Yes, that uh, appears to be what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a new album coming, a new project coming out later this year. So, yeah. Awesome stuff coming from him. Oh, yeah, definitely. But like I was saying, I think uh, Damn should have won. Kendrick should have won. It's, it, it was just, just highway robbery that he didn't. Um, not to mention, they had Kendrick open the show, which made me think they're opening with Kendrick, they'll close with Kendrick. Right? And no. Kendrick, he comes out, and he did a little medley. So he did um, XXX and brought out U2. One of three times we would see U2 throughout the night, which was way too much. Okay, then, then he goes to, like, DNA, and then Dave Chappelle pops up on stage. I was, one of three times we'd see Dave Chappelle throughout the night. The Grammys kept going to the same people. Like, Sting showed up, like, three times. It was terrible. Yeah. They, like, they used Chappelle too much. It was cool to see him um, with Kendrick, and they saved Best Comedy Album for the show so that Chappelle, they could get Chappelle's speech on the air. But then they also had yeah. him present an award. Mm-hmm. It was a little much, if you ask me. As much as I love, I mean, it, it is what as it much is. as I love Dave Chappelle. But um, right, he brings Chappelle out twice. He he does his King's Dead verse. So I was like, well, this is. Really shaping up to because it was the best performance of the night. He opened it up and slammed the door real quick. Like that was it. And then he didn't win, and it was terrible. It was just awful. We were all angry. He could have won. Jay Z could have won. Even one of the Kendrick did walk away with five total Grammys, but he probably should have just went to Gold Link for Crew, which is an incredible song. But mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Such is life. The Grammys stink. Their performances are fun, but their actual awards stink. Yeah. Call me when you actually like give it to a good album. All right, back to movies. Because I, I had to get that out of the way. I was very angry about it this weekend. We got some casting news. Tom Hanks is going to play Mr. Rogers. And with, and with that, we can give him his third Oscar. It's over now. <laughs> Has there ever been a more perfect fit for a role ever? Like America's dad playing America's best friend. Like childhood best oh, friend. Like this is okay. it. Like, this is it. What 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 is it? 
like Mr. Rogers playing Tom. Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. Okay, yeah, yeah, I missed that part because you cut out. <laughs> oh, did you? Did I? Okay. Yeah, Tom yeah it's fine. I'm Mr. back now. Rogers. You could hand over the third Oscar now. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and just, just give it to him. Like, this is a lock. I don't think Tom Hanks is ever going to, or is going to die or retire until he plays every single man in America. And Mr. America's dad playing America's, like, childhood. America's childhood dad. dad. Right. Um, it's just a perfect role for him. I Did you know this week, I saw this, he has not been nominated for an Oscar since Castaway? He had, yeah. yeah. Since, like, what, 2003? 2002, 2001, somewhere along that line. Those lines, 2000. Something like that. Early oh, somewhere in the early 2000s. It's been almost 20 years since he got a nomination. Yeah. Not even for Captain Phillips, which he deserved a nomination for. Um, what was the last one he won one for? He has not won since Forrest Gump, 24 years ago. Yeah. I was about to say, it's been a, it's been a while for that. Well, I should say he won it 23 years ago. The movie came out 24 years ago. But. Yeah. Same thing. We know what you mean. And uh, Marielle Heller, who directed uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl, an amazing indie movie from a couple of years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. she's signed on to direct. So this is a, a really great project. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see who's playing the journalist that's going to be doing the story on Mr. Rogers in the movie. Uh, basically, the whole thing is... Uh, is like a journalist get, does a story on... Uh, Mr. Rogers and his whole perspective on life changes because Mr. Rogers is the GOAT. So that's the movie, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be good. Tom Hanks is involved. I'm on board. Yes, I'm, I'm excited about this. So that's all that really needs to be said. And Columbia TriStar landed worldwide distribution rights for that movie. Um, they were right to absolutely buy those rights as fast mm-hmm. as they possibly could. I agree. Tom Hanks is so good to win an Oscar for this. I'm so excited. Um, I think my initial tweet was, uh, was uh, this is bound to be the greatest performance of all time. Probably. Yeah, so there you go. Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers. Next up, the rundown credit. All right, Mission Impossible. We got a new... The title is Mission Impossible Fallout, so we're dealing with nukes in this movie. Let's go. There's a poster with, like, a ghost Tom Cruise almost as he hangs off a helicopter. And a little, like, five-second trailer tease. Full trailer is coming during the Super Bowl on Sunday. Did did anyone else have anything? Do you have anything to say on that? Nope, you basically said it. All right, yeah. It's it's an okay-looking poster. We'll talk more about the trailer next week, obviously. We're going to talk a lot about the Super Bowl trailers. Uh, of which there will be many, probably, on uh, on Sunday. All right, and on next week's show. Guys, it's now time for our new favorite weekly segment. We started this last week. We titled the episode after it, and there was a headline that I went back and saw today that I forgot happened this week that just made me think, Hashtag pray for Paramount. Hashtag pray for Paramount. Guys, Akiva Goldsman, who I don't understand how this man keeps getting screenwriting jobs for an Oscar that he won like 15 years ago for a movie that he may or that 
he may or may not have actually written the final draft though. Mm-hmm. And there might there might have been someone there cleaning that movie up in, in a beautiful mind. Mm-hmm. I would say it's very likely to do so. Um, is is now going to lead a writers' room again? This man leads more writers' rooms than any writer in history. I yeah. swear to you. Uh, he he led the Transformers writers' room. He led the GI Joe writers' room. Uh, the the fucking the Dark Tower writers' room, just insane stuff here. Okay, mm-hmm. he is now going to lead a writers' room to adapt the ology series of like young adult books. There's like Egyptology. There's uh, I don't even remember half of these because I didn't read them. Mm-hmm. Wizardology. Pirateology, oceanology, guys, this is hysterical. <laughs> That's um, amazing. Like, why? Who who is going to see these movies? No one. Akiva Goldsmith wrote Batman and Robin. That's real. Like the Batman and Robin. The Batman and Robin. Yes. Yes. That movie. That's... This man is still getting jobs. Writing actual films. Fantastic. It really is, isn't it? And to lead writers' rooms to come up with franchise. Paramount is so desperate for franchise filmmaking that this is where they're going. To the Ology series, Dungeons and Dragons, and the Micronauts. What? What are you doing exactly as a studio right now? Dying. Correct. That's the correct answer, TJ. This is a... They have three big tent poles set for 2019, which is more than they have for this year. But their temples, they're banking on Transformers, Top Gun, and Terminator. Mm-hmm. The last Terminator didn't do well at all. Okay, I know James Cameron got the rights back, but whatever. Who cares anymore? Top Gun? No. No one, no one asked for that 30 years later. And Transformers is – no one cares anymore. Again, like they're banking on all – they have one franchise that people still care about, and that's Mission Impossible. That's it. That's about it. Like I'm actually excited for Mission Impossible Fallout because the last two movies have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Ghost Protocol was great, and Rogue Nation was one of the most fun movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Couple action sequences in there that were just incredible. The mm-hmm. chase scene is on the motor. The Michael motorcycle chase scene is one of my favorite scenes in the last few years in any movie. Yeah. Pray for Paramount, everyone. Thoughts and prayers. That's all. I've How done. long do you give it before they claim bankruptcy? Oh man, they they are they are within three or four years of of it right now. I think so too. 
they're banking, they're going to be banking on that Tarantino R-rated Star Trek where everyone's going to die. Basically, <laughs> what I read this week is this is, his vision is that this is going to be a Kill Bill-esque Star, Star Trek movie. Everyone will die. That is amazing. That I will see. <laughs> um, all right, next up, we got some trailer talk. Ant-Man and the Wasp released a trailer this week. It was good. It was good. It didn't give any information. Like, I still know absolutely nothing. I know nothing about the plot of this movie. I agree. Except something with Wasp and jokes. And jokes. And he's on house arrest or something. He got caught. I I thought they were taking him off of house arrest. No, they were putting the chip in. Hmm. Because to me, it looked like they were, like, unlocking it to take it off. I, th- I think they were... Oh, you know what? You know what I bet it is? I bet you Hank Pym somehow got him out of the prison in Civil War, and that's the deal, is house arrest. That would make sense. That's probably what it is. This is me spitballing, by the way. I have no idea. That would but, make sense. Get him out of the raft. Hey, but hey, Evangeline Lilly, she looks pretty great as Wasp. Yes, she does. That, one, the, the, that the, one little fight scene, that looked pretty good. Yeah, the knife scene was really cool, actually. And also, he shrunk the entire office building and turned it into a luggage. That was amazing. Turned it into a city. That was very funny. That was my favorite moment in the trailer. Yeah. That was a great moment. Like, um, he even designed it like it, because if you look at it, the handle, it's where the air vent is. <laughs> yes. So he literally designed it to be shrunk and be used as a suitcase. <laughs> like, that's just amazing. Like, that is totally the Hank Pym thing to do. What foresight. It looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, Ghost as a character looked really cool. That was a cool cool character design with the mask. Yeah. Played in this movie by Hannah John Kamen. So a woman, which will be cool. Mm -hmm. Marvel's starting to to cast more uh, women villains. We saw that Mm -hmm. with uh, Ragnarok. Yes. She's been on. She she did an episode of Black. She didn't have a big year this year. I I know they're probably minor roles, but she's also in Tomb Raider and Ready Player One, and she's also Black Mirror. So, it's looking like a breakout year for her this year. Um, Lawrence Fishburne was in there for a second. Uh, Walton Goggins is also in this movie, which he makes everything better, so I'm excited for that. And Nova Michelle still holding on to that one. Still holding on to, to Michelle Pfeiffer here, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we also didn't get to see Luis, played by Michael Pena. That upset me. I just wanted to see him for one second. Oh, they, they, I bet you they decided not to do that because the funniest joke in the movie would be the one that they use in the trailer. Correct. That's a great point. That's probably why. So I think it was actually a smart move to not include it. Marvel just keeps making the right move every time. I like, don't. Everyone's <laughs> like, why does Marvel always get good reviews? Because they make good movies. Right. It's not like that Black hard. Pan- Black Panther getting wildly, po- wildly positive reactions. Infinity War looks great. Ant Man and the Wasp. Like a ton of fun. And the DC fans are not having any of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have officially launched a campaign, the DC fans. We're going to talk about toxic DC fanboys. I'm sorry, guys. It's actually necessary. But I saw this today. There's a Facebook campaign by the DC fanboys uh, 
Give Black Panther a rotten audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, hosted by a page called This Is Real. Down with Disney's treatment of franchises and its fanboys. Hashtag DC over Marvel. Hashtag bring down Disney. <sighs> like, I don't even have anything to say. Yeah, there's nothing you need to add to that. That's one of the most ridiculous things that anyone has ever put on the internet. Yeah. Sorry, DC just... Sorry, Justice League had plot holes for days. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. You, you want... You, DC fans don't get to laugh at the Black Panther CGI when Steppenwolf was the villain in your big team-up team, team up movie. You just don't get that option. <laughs> so just insanity. Like, I don't... DC fan, DC fanboys, honestly, so toxic. Um, yeah. Ah, uh, the Someone posted a meme in reply to that. It said, uh, "The whites are at it again." That's that's actually very funny, and very true. We, the whites, are at it again. Just not me, and not you. So the rest of the whites. <laughs> Great, great, great work, Everett. Great work to the whites. Great job, whites. We, we're really, we're really doing great work here. Beautiful. Um, yes, really wonderful stuff from 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 from, from us here. Um, now, but Ant Man looks great. Marvel, Marvel continues to roll. They're gonna make an Ant Man movie work again, again. Just insane. <laughs> this time without losing a director. They, they're, they're killing again. DC's really going to have to... DC needs Aquaman of all movies to hit this year. They finally at least got one character they can bank on, but they need a second one. They need a second character to bank on. Mm-hmm. They're putting all of that on Aquaman right now. <laughs> <laughs> because if you think about it, right, they're slate the next two years. They have Aquaman coming out around Christmas time this year. Then they have Shazam, which no, uh, Shazam's not their bankable character. Mm-hmm. Then Wonder Woman two and the Flash, like and somewhere around there, there's like twenty twenty, like Suicide Squad two and probably Flashpoint. Like they're they're looking at, at at least two more years probably before they really develop a second bankable character. At least Suicide Squad made money, but everyone hated the movie. Which means the second one will not do as well as the first one did. Yeah. Like, like it can't. You can't sustain that success if you're DC. They're they're screwed, and a lot of it. I actually think the toxicity of the DC fan base is leading to a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I really think it's it's hurting the prospects of the films in general, financially. Like campaigns like this Black Panther campaign are hurting the company. I don't think they realize it yet. Or the the whole 13 people that went and protested on the Warner Brothers lot to get them to release the non-existent Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Great stuff. Yeah, exactly. 13 people. And one of the guys looks like he just like walked into the frame and they asked him to jump into the picture. (laughs) Like... (laughs) 
I mean, you're not wrong. Right. One of the dumbest things that's ever been seen on the internet. So bad. So very bad. Uh, we have no awards corner this week. That's, that's a weird one. We did our anything. So let's, let's jump into our Super Bowl commercial trailer preview. Um, we already know, obviously, Mission Impossible is airing on Sunday. They're going to run a Mission Impossible ad. Uh, Disney appears to be running um, Han Solo. Han Solo and potentially Infinity War. And Black Panther will be represented by a Lexus commercial, probably. Yep. Because Black Panther didn't have, they've got the car deal going, the movie's close enough. They don't necessarily have to bank on Marvel itself buying that ad time. They can split it with Lexus and go with, go that way. And Infinity War, I think, is a lock. I saw Jurassic World is getting an ad. The one that's interest, easily the most interesting. Um, Netflix apparently is going to buy a spot. For Super Bowl? Yeah, they're going to buy a Cloverfield ad, it appears. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so Disney appears to be rolling with... Um, they're going to roll some sort of Black Panther ad Sunday, whether it's with Lexus or straight-up Black Panther ad. Um, makes sense. Uh, they wouldn't. They were never going to roll an Ant Man ad, but they wanted to have that trailer ready to go for Black Panther, which makes perfect sense. Again, mm-hmm. I was expecting one relatively soon. Um, so it appears as though okay. So Infinity War is running Sunday, potentially, or Wrinkle in Time, or Disney will get, or Incredibles two. Okay. It appears as though they might be buying time to tease the solo trailer because it appears as potentially, um, if you're looking at the Good Morning America ticket request web- website, when you go to request tickets from Monday's show, it says GMA Live Studio taping. Plus solo exclusive trailer, so potentially Monday morning for solo. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Mm-hmm. Which would be which would be good. The G- Good Morning America has since removed the solo tease from the listing, but they could buy like fifteen to thirty seconds and tease that teaser during the the Super Bowl. That's a lot of money, but Disney can afford it. I'm interested to see what Disney purchases. That's I, I will see Black Panther in some way. I don't know what they're going to do with Solo or uh, Infinity War. So, Mission Impossible is locked in. They have two. They bought two thirty-second ads. Um, it appears as though one is they bought one for a Quiet Place, the John Krasinski horror movie, which looks awesome. I'm really excited for that movie. And Mission Impossible with the trailer coming Sunday is getting 30 seconds as well. Makes perfect sense. It does. Uh, no Annihilation, though, which is interesting. Especially since the movie's coming out in like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Universal is, bu- is officially bought in on Jurassic World. 
And uh, it appears that Universal is also buying a, an ad for Skyscraper, um, which is The Rock versus a Skyscraper. It's the movie. It's, that's confirmed for Sunday. We're confirmed to get a teaser. Um, that There will be a full-length trailer of some sort that launches at the Super Bowl on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Netflix appears as though they're going to purchase time for Cloverfield. If, if the deal's done by Sunday, which it appears it will be, they also um, might try to purchase time for Mute, which is Duncan Jones' new Netflix movie. It appears that the Warner Brothers is going to uh, sit out. They've sat out the last few years. Sony's sitting out with Venom. Um, it appears it does not appear as though Fox is buying time for Deadpool. And it looks as though Deadpool, they're going to save a Deadpool trailer for a couple of weeks and have it ready to go for Black Panther. Which makes sense. It appears as though in the most Deadpool move ever, they're holding the trailer for Valentine's Day. Which yeah. could lead to some fascinating jokes that they throw in at the beginning, like a little like pre-trailer bit almost. No movie can do that like Deadpool can. But those are the movies we're expecting to see. Like we said, Solo, it appears as though it's going to launch a trailer on Monday and not during the Super Bowl on Sunday. Not during mm-hmm. the game, the big game, which is what we're going to talk about now. Because there actually is a game on Sunday. I don't know if you know this. Is there? there there's a game. I mean, I don't care, so whatever. Between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. I don't care for them. Back to the Super Bowl for the eighth time in the last 16 No years. one cares. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no. But, uh, I mean, first of all, that level of uh, of consistency is insane. But we've got some prop bets. We're also going to make our actual picks. What, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to make picks and over-under picks, or do you want to do prop bets first? Uh, can you repeat that? Do you want to do I was, like, reading, I was reading a really funny joke on Reddit. I'm sorry. Do you, <laughs> sorry, that's my wife just on Twitter. Instead of Reddit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ooh, you, all right, sorry. Repeat that. Do you want to do uh, spread and over-under first, or do you want to do the prop bets first? Uh, let's do prop bets. Prop bets. These are fun. You're going to enjoy these. First off, All right. National Anthem. It's going to go over two minutes. The over-under is two minutes. <laughs> it's going over. It has to go over, right? It, I it goes over pace. almost every single year. So it starts on the first note, ends on the first brave. So if she wants to go back and say brave again and hit some sort of high note to end it, then the second one doesn't count towards the, the time. Um, this is always the, the, the highlight of prop betting. You get the best prop bet of the night done within the first, like, 30 minutes of the broadcast. No, it, 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 it's going to be over two minutes. This isn't a competition. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking two minutes over is a lock here. Yeah, you really can't go under. Four of the last five have gone over. Yeah, and you rarely, rarely, rarely see a performer just speed through the anthem. Right, it doesn't happen. No, they want as much stage time as they can get. Right, especially when one such as Pink has her favorite team playing in the game. Uh-huh, exactly. She's an Eagles fan. 
Speaking of, what color do you think her hair is going to be? This is the next prop bet I have, actually. I'm, I literally looked it up. I'm on CBS Sports right oh, now. Oh, I'm on the I, – I have the – the ones I have, I have the Barstool prop bet blog up. So that's what we're going to roll with. We're going to get 10 right. prop bets on Barstool here. So I'm glad you've got that one. So blonde, pink, brown, green, the field is 8-1 to one odds. What are the odds on the other colors there? Are they all even odds? Mine, I'm either going for blonde or pink or red. I'm thinking blonde. But yeah. I, but being an Eagles fan, I could really see the green here, kids. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking, too. Um, let me pull up. So it's either going to be blonde, red, or green. Second, just so I can see what the odds are there. Because I had that one up earlier. So white, blonde, 5 to 4, pink, red, 7 to 4, blue, purple, 5 to 1, brown, black, 5 to 1, green, 5 to 1. The field is 8 to 1. Hmm. I like blonde seems like the answer, but it's also I don't like those odds. Like if I'm betting, I'm not taking five four five to four odds. Yeah, they're just bad odds. I'll take the green. I'll take I, the green I, five I to one. I kind of like green at five to one. I'm with you on this one. Yeah. Her being an Eagles fan, I think I could see it. And she's like the biggest Eagles fan too. Um. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking green five to one. Although blonde blonde at five to four is probably the correct answer, but I'm not betting on those odds. So yeah, it's probably blonde, but I'm gonna go green. All right, coin toss. Either way, I believe it's minus one hundred five. So it's you're not really getting great odds either way, but whatever. I'll go for Patriots. Well, it's just heads or tails. What do you what do you uh, think? The, what do you think the coin toss gets? To? Probably heads. Uh, yeah, sure. Heads, tails. I'll go tails. You literally got, you, you literally got like a 51, 51-49% chance getting it right. All right. Like, First player to score a touchdown in this game. Brady. I, I got a ton of odds here. Now, Brady, a touchdown pass would not count. He'd have to run oh. one. So here, okay. here, here are the first player to actually get into the end zone. Rob Gronkowski, 15-2. Brandon Cooks, 9-1. Danny Amendola, 10-1. Zach Ertz at ten to one, Jay Ajayi at twelve to one, Alshon Jeffrey twelve to one, Legarrette Blunt fourteen to one, Rex Burkhead at fourteen to one, Chris Hogan at fourteen to one, James White's at fourteen to one, Nelson Aguilar sixteen to one, Corey Clement eighteen to one, Tory Smith eighteen to one, Tom Brady twenty five to one, Nick Foles thirty three to one. The field is four to one, and touchdowns no touchdown score. There will be no touchdowns this game. Seventy-five to one. What are you going for? I listen. My first thought here was Deion Lewis at ten to one. I really mm-hmm. like James White at fourteen to one, though. That's a those are great odds for a guy that scored like three touchdowns in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> like a guy that just has done it before and scored a ton in that game. Fourteen to one seems like a steal. I also, if yeah. I'm going Eagles, I do like Garrett Blunt at fourteen to one for them. Yeah, I'll just pick whatever you pick because I don't know players. Gronk is the safest bet, which is also why he's fifteen to two. <laughs> My Gronk is just shout out player. to whoever just said that to you. No, I'm no one saying that to me. There's just someone outside my door. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was someone that was just, just shouted that to you. <laughs> no, no, Gronk at fifteen to two is. Gronk at fifteen to two like seems like a correct answer just because Gronk scores so often. Amendola at ten to one and is not bad either. 
mm-hmm. him and Dolan Deion Lewis. Um, but I, I think White at fourteen to one, or even Burkhead, because Burkhead had scored a lot when he played this year. At fourteen to one, seem like great odds. And Legarrette Blount at fourteen to one is phenomenal, and someone should bet that if you're looking for the first Eagles score. What color do you think Bill Belichick's shirt is going to be? I'm thinking. See, they're wearing whites. I'm thinking. They're, I think he's going to go blue, but I'm not. Is it, either blue are, or gray? Which stadium is it in? They're in Minnesota. I'll go blue. Did you see the picture this offseason? Uh, no, not this offseason. This week, he got off the plane in Minnesota, and the man was wearing a full suit and a fedora. I saw that. That was Patriots. After you man wore a fedora, he should win by. They should win by a million. That's it. I, I wore a fedora. That means I shouldn't have hate preachers coming to my campus. But guess who came back today? Oh, I saw that. Just awful. <laughs> Great work, people. We have them here too. Don't worry. Oh, I know. Oh, get, get excited for this one. I know you're going to love this prop bet. Over under two and a half Donald Trump tweets during the game. Oh, duh. Of course he is. Because <laughs> he's, he's a petty little man with little hands. And he actually, you know what? I'll say no, because he's a petty little man with little hands and he can't type a message fast enough out. To get one during the game. So he's got like three and a half hours to throw out three tweets. No, he's going No, he's going to write a tweet. I just wanted to be petty for a second. I think he'll definitely write one, but I think it's going to go under. I think he's going to be actually watching the game. Which is weird. Uh, Trump, what's Trump what's the bet? How many does he have to write a certain amount of tweets during the game? Yeah, over under two and a half tweets. So he oh, so so to push the over, he's got to have three tweets during the game. I'll go over. All right, I'm going to take Does it have to be involving the NFL, or does it just have to just be tweets during the Donald game? Donald Trump tweets during the game. I'll go over. Okay. I think he's he actually going to be too busy watching the game to tweet. Well, you know Although what? Although what would be funny is if he tried to live tweet the Super Bowl. Or if, someone takes, not, a, if no. someone takes a knee, then the over is going to be atmospheric. They might get 10 like, tweets at that point. Like, I can tell you this now. He has not written, because I went on his Twitter today to see what he was being petty about. Not anything, because, well, except him being wrong about viewership on the... State of the Union. State of the Union. Yep, incorrect. But he hasn't hasn't ranted about anything in a while. That's going to be on Sunday. And he's going to use it as a a platform to talk about the NFL. Because why why would you not talk about the NFL on the biggest night of the year? But I'm thinking. I'm, I, I know. I'm thinking. I'm saying though, if anyone takes a knee, or if they showcase Malcolm Jenkins raising his fist into the air as he's done a lot, yep. Then, then the over is the biggest lock of the century. But as of right now, I'm taking the under because I don't think anyone's taking a knee. Yeah. Nope. We shall see. Well, the stock market's down, so it might lead to some tweets. I don't know. We'll see. It's not down by that much. Though. All right, Justin Timberlake's first song. Can't stop the feeling is one to one. You can't bet one to one. Sexy back at seven to two. Mirrors four to one. Suit and tie fifteen to one. Rock your body fifty to one. Purple rain one hundred to one. Field twenty five to one. I'm taking the field. He has new music coming out. Like why? Like he would. I'm thinking he's. He's gonna sing a single off of that album. I think he starts with filthy, right? Yeah. That's what. That's a song. Although I don't like that song much. That you like could start a performance like that off with. Can't stop the feeling. I refuse to say it because I think that probably is what he leads with. But what? You can't bet one to one. 
No. That's the most useless bet anyone could ever make. You literally can't make money on it. You could yeah. maybe make your money back. Yeah. Filthy seems like a, a good one. Although, Suki Tai at 15 to 1. I like those odds. I, I Plus, that would make sense because that's like his most popular one. Those would be wonderful odds. I, I'd rather have odds on whether or not he brings Janet Jackson out for redemption. Yeah. That would, I would love those odds, and I would also bet the money line on that. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking, the, I'm taking the field here. Suit and, a suit and tie would be my secondary at like 15 to 1. Although sexy back at 7 to 2 is not awful. Yeah. Now we get to some of my fa- our favorites. The cross-sport prop bets. I love these. All right. Which number will be greater on Sunday? Kevin Durant points or Tom Brady completions? Like completed passes? Correct. The game Tom Brady. is – and uh, Durant's game, he's playing in Denver with the, the thin air. Tom Brady. I don't watch basketball, so I don't know. I'm kind of with you on that. Um, take the Brady completions because I think uh, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot, and uh, the Pats do have a good running game, a mm-hmm. decent running game. They couldn't get it going a couple weeks ago, but again, and and Philadelphia did a good job bottling up Minnesota's running game a couple weeks ago, but playing the Patriots and playing. Playing Tom Brady and playing Case Keenum are, are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Very different. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Tom Brady completions there. Yeah. And then also now we now we get to throw in other Boston teams into these bets, which I love. Celtics. Kyrie Kyrie Irving points. Now mind you, he's coming off a minor injury. They're playing Portland. Or or Gronk or the length of Rob Gronkowski's longest reception. Gronk. You think you're Gronk? I'm, I'm with you as I know Kyrie is really, really good. But he's injured. He ain't going to risk it that much. And Portland's good. Yeah. Now, he's injured, but he's, he's cleared to play. They, they, you, there's no, like the Gronk thing, like Ky, well, Kyrie's a minor injury. That's a leg contusion. That's, he's going to play Sunday. Um, they might take it easy, especially with the Ray Rozier played last night because he had a triple-double. But at the same time, Damian Lillard's guarding Kyrie in that game. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, mm, I'm going to take the Kyrie points. It's really close. Really close. I feel he 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 averages like thirty a night against Port- Portland whenever they play. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Kyrie, but that's a close one. Gronk, I don't know mm. if Gronk gets like a truly long, like like big long reception, but that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, next up. We have now we get the cross sport ones involving golf. This will be fun. <laughs> I'll take the football one, whatever that is. Phil Mickelson's average driving distance versus Tom Brady's passing yards. I will take Brady's passing yards all day, every day. I'll take Brady's passing yards. 
And then Jordan Spieth's final round score versus Jay Ajayi's rushing be higher. I think it's going to be Jordan Spieth's final round score. I think, I think the Pats are going to be able to stop the run in this game. This is what Belichick and Matt Patricia will do. They will take away what you do best. And the Pats are going to force Nick Foles to make plays to win that game as, a, as the quarterback. They're going to take away that running game. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball well. That's just me. Whatever. <laughs> So I'm going to take there the Tom Brady passing yards and Jordan Spieth's final round score on Sunday. That's the, that's my bet. I now look down and the Barstool people picked the same thing. So congrats to me on that. The cross-sport bets are my favorites. Those are always fun. All right. Yeah. Longest punt in the game, over under 54 and a half yards. So if there's a 55-yard punt or longer, the over hits. TJ, what are you thinking? I have no idea. I'm not a sports person. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take the under. I think the longest punt here is like 52 yards, maybe. I think I don't think he gets to 55. It's, it's possible to hit the over. Ryan Allen has hit, like, some 60-yard punts this year. But uh, Pat McAfee from Barstool, you know, the former all-pro NFL punter, is saying the under. So we're going to agree with him just because that's probably the right move <laughs> to, to agree with the guy that actually understands how to punt in the NFL. You know. Yeah. All right, the Gatorade bath. These are these are also incredible. Orange. Orange. So the last these are like the last decade. I don't know what last year's was. Last year's they didn't they oh, didn't right, do it. On last year. Cuz the Patriots yeah, yeah. everyone was too busy running out of the Cuz the Patriots won an overtime game. Yeah, thank. I I I remember I that still game. Hate the Patriots. The last here's like the last 10. Carolina versus Denver was orange. Uh, so 50 was orange. New England over Seattle was blue. Seattle over Denver was orange. That's just that. Right there. Uh, there was none for San Francisco and Baltimore. Giants, the second time they beat the Pats, were purple. Green Bay, Pittsburgh, orange. New Orleans, Indianapolis, orange. Pittsburgh, Arizona, yellow. Giants, Pats, the first time was clear. Indianapolis, Chicago, clear. Um... I'm going to go with orange. I don't know what the bet here is, what the odds are. There's no odds here. Um, first of all, it's not a great prop bet to bet. But if I had to bet, because I think no. the Patriots are going to win, I'd go blue. Or red. You've got to pick we'll a pass color, so like blue or red. I mean, they've won two years ago when the Pats won. It was uh, three years ago. It was blue. The last, the last orange one was Super Bowl Fifty when Denver beat the Panthers. Or yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking. I don't know. Like I said, I don't <laughs> know sports. Nah, this will be, um, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking blue or red. I'm thinking some sort of Patriots color because I think they're gonna win. 
Of course you do. Which gets us to, I think they have a bonus prop here. Am I correct in this? There is a bonus. Uh, what? All right. The bonus is the actual thing. They pitch straight up game, no spread, but we're, we're picking the spread. All right, TJ. It's now time. We've actually got to pick a game. Pick this game and with the over-under. So, first of all, the spread for this game, the Patriots are four-and-a-half-point favorites. The line has moved a point in Philadelphia's favor over the last couple of weeks. So, if you're picking the Patriots, the Patriots have to win the game by at least five points for you to win the bet. If the Patriots win by three, they win by a field goal, then the Eagles win the bet, per se. So, Patriots minus four and a half. TJ, pit, make a straight-up pick, and then pick against the spread. Eagles, because I hate Patriots. Are you picking them straight up to win the game? Okay. Eagles, just Eagles. I can't pick against Belichick and Brady. I can't. <laughs> They've done this. All right. They've I done can, because I hate them. Times. We were all watching the AFC Championship game, a whole bunch of us, upstairs a couple weeks ago. And even as the Pats were down 10 in the fourth quarter, Every the mood in that room as Jacksonville was up two scores was that the Patriots that this this could only last for so long. The Patriots were going to come back, and then the Patriots fumbled, mm-hmm. and everyone maybe got a glimmer of hope upstairs. And the minute Jacksonville went three and out, the mood was just right back to where it was. And of course, the Patriots came back and won. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of thing here, in my opinion. I think it's like a three four point game. So I'm taking the Eagles plus four and a half. But I like the Patriots to win the game. At the same time, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick wore a fedora, and that's really making me question my pick against the spread. Like, like I feel like if Belichick, Belichick wears the fedora, they, they should win by a million. But I don't know if they will. This whole game depends on which Nick Foles show, shows up, and I really don't know what to expect. I know what yeah. you know what you're going to get from the Patriots. I have no idea which Eagles team shows up. Is this going to be too much for them? Uh, does Nick Foles panic in this situation? Does can the Pats force him into a couple of bad throws and, t- and turnovers? Like I don't know mm-hmm. because that's the Nick Foles we got like two three weeks ago, and then in the NFC Championship game against the best defense in the league, he destroyed them. He tore them up. It was like watching Nick Foles like four years ago when he had that seven-touchdown pass game. It was insane. I didn't even recognize the quarterback I was watching. And then Mm -hmm. the other important bet we must make now, TJ, is the over-under. So this is just total number of points scored in the game. Uh, The over-under is 48.5 points. So if 49 points are scored, the over-hit. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take the under, actually. I like 24-20 Patriots as my final score. Uh, game-winning touchdown, let's just say Gronk because he's Gronk, and I don't know who they have that can cover him. I don't know who, like, any team in the league has that can cover him. Like, he still managed to make big plays against that Jacksonville defense last week, even before he got hurt. Now, mind you, if the mm-hmm. Eagles decide they want to come out and play a base zone defense and the Patriots are going to win this game by like 30 points, but that's another story. 
If they want to play man-to-man and blitz, which is actually what you have to do to beat the Patriots, then they can keep this close. But if they come out here and they're trying to play zone early on, it's, this game was over before it started. Just ask the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have for some reason decided to sit back in zone coverage for 15 years as Tom Brady has torn them apart. No one knows. No one mm-hmm. gets it. So that, those are our Super Bowl picks and our Super Bowl prop bets. These are uh, I, I mean, always fun. I don't know what this year's like really hysterical prop bet is. I don't know what the quote-unquote the Gary Russell Memorial prop bet is. Uh, mm-hmm. There's usually one that's very funny. Uh, let me see if I can find it on Twitter, maybe. Like, like a couple years ago, it was like Fozzie Whitaker over under three and a half yards from scrimmage. So that would have been that would be nice. Uh, I don't know what it is. I I did not listen to the Bill Simmons podcast this week. So yeah. I should have, because I would have loved to hear that super, that Gary Russell Memorial prop bet, that which annually goes to the <laughs> uh, the dumbest prop bet. I should have listened to that. Yeah. So that's uh, you guys could listen listen to that and see what the dumbest prop bet you could possibly make this weekend is, and then inexplicably put money on it. That's always a fun uh, fun one. I'm I'm debating whether or not to put money on this game or not. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's it. That's part. I feel like that's part of the fun of the Super Bowl. I'll yeah. I'll be I'll be yeah. home for the game this weekend, celebrating my mom's birthday. Happy belated birthday to my mom. Uh, Happy and, birthday! And uh, I'm FaceTiming into my friend's party on Sunday, and that'll be that'll be interesting because one of my friends is an Eagles fan, so that should be fascinating. Yeah. So, we're going to basically wrap it up here for the films of for our podcast. This was a fun one. Everyone, go Patriots. This is this is this is really what the whole season was leading up. Or or not. They could also not. Oh, correct. This is really what the season's been leading up to. The best moment of the football season. Bill Belichick. They handed this man the AFC Championship trophy, and he just looked at it for like one second and handed it off to Jonathan Kraft. Like, this is not the trophy we want. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is wonderful. I've also, for some reason, decided that my favorite line in motorsport by Migos, we, we might have to do a, a film for our album review next week because I still have managed to not get through Culture 2, all 105 minutes of it, uh, is is the line where they talk about Bill Belichick and deflate gate for some reason. So I don't know. Quavo just delivers that line in the right way, I suppose. I guess. <laughs> so may- maybe we'll do a culture two review or something next week. I don't know. That would be a fascinating review. Cause that album 24 tracks, 105 minutes. I don't know what Migos were thinking on that one, but that's going to just about wrap it up next week. I don't know yet, actually. I don't know what we're, we're going to do for next week. I mean, we're, we'll talk yeah, about the Super Bowl for a good have a fun 10 Super minutes. Bowl recap, and we'll talk about a whole bunch of Super Bowl trailers. By the way, don't, don't, don't so, be expecting know, to watch it. But we're going to have a really fun discussion. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a guest on to talk the actual games. Um, 
and uh, talk about the actual game. Two weeks from now, we're going to have a big Black Panther preview episode. Uh, I've yeah. already got plans. I'm going on the 16th, that Friday, in the afternoon with some friends to go see that. I'm so excited. So... But that is going to wrap it up here for the Films with Ferrar podcast. Go Patriots. TJ, where, where can the good no. people online find you? I am on Twitter at the TJ Blink. Correct. That you are. We've got... Uh, e. I, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dom Ferrar 5 Also, you know, if you want, you can Snapchat. Snapchat at Dom Ferrar 5 We're going to throw a snap. Oh, oh, we're plugging, sna- plugging we're, Snapchat. We're plugging Snapchats yeah. now. Uh oh. All right. Well, I'll plug mine too. Oh, oh, TJ's plugging Snapchat. Oh no. I'm on. I'm on. I am on Snapchat at the or not at the. Sorry, I'm thinking of Twitter at Blinken TJ B L A N K E N TJ. Yeah. Plugging Snap now. That you can read our writing at filmswithferrar.wordpress.com. I wrote a blog last week, actually. That. I was very proud of it. took It took me a while to organize, but I, it was you. a pretty good one. Uh, You're about welcome. The, the Oscar nominations, and I had a I had a whiteboard set up in the game room. I had the entire uh, had all of my points organized on a whiteboard. It was wonderful. That is beautiful. Inverted pyramid style and everything. Uh, you can follow the site. And this podcast on Twitter at Film with Ferrara and on Facebook at Films with Ferrara. Mm-hmm. Everyone, have a great weekend. Enjoy the movies and go Patriots and five times Super soon to be five times Super Bowl MVP. Nope. Yes. No. no.